Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 26 of the Thistle Rugby Podcast, the only rugby podcast that cares about Scottish rugby. How are you guys doing? I'm David and I'm back with Matt. How are you, pal? Yeah, good, mate. Uh, had, a, had a good holiday. Obviously, you guys broke some fake news, but um, what wasn't fake was that Alan and I did go on a little holiday together to that Bangkok. Was cute. That was cute. Combines my love of anime and his of Ladyboys Lady slash <laughs> the local... <laughs> Art scene as he says it. So it was weird. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I mean, it, it wasn't fake fun. news. You did propose. You just got turned down. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Semantics now. Semantics. Yeah. So Alan is away again. Um, so it's just Matt and I. This week we are going to be chewing over the Scotland scraping past Italy in the last game of the Six Nations, and then looking back at the tournament and talking about the highs and lows and who's had a good tournament, who's had a bad tournament. But thanks again for joining us on. Uh, iTunes or on Acast um, you've been very very vocal with us on Twitter we've got some great contributions for the show that's at Thistle Rugby Pod and Instagram is still getting there Thistle understroke rugby understroke pods as we always ask you at this time on the show um, if you are listening to us on iTunes please get on there leave us a review it really helps get the name out there helps other people find the pod how about this one from Paradise 327 he says, it's a good backup to parody accounts. Great pod and a must listen for those interested in Scottish rugby. Not quite the hilarious bants that a knock together t- parody account offers, but you can't have everything. Good, Keep up the good work, boys. Wow. How bad are all of those parody accounts on Twitter? I mean, presumably this guy has made most of the parody accounts. He's made them. His hilarious bants. They are literally awful. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't understand the point in them. There's about 10 of them now. They've all got one. I think they all, just, they all popped up. But, you know, thanks a lot for the review. 
appreciate the five stars. Paradise three two seven, and um, maybe now the Six Nations is over. The parody accounts will peter out. We will see. Um, before we get into the Six Nations, how about a couple bits of news? Glasgow legend DTH Van der Merwe is coming back. What do you make of that, Matt? Yeah, I think it's a good signing. It continues this trend of um, sort of ex-Glasgow legends returning to the club. When, like is, Matawa, when is Johnny Beatty coming back? Jackson, now DTH, and maybe maybe Johnny Beatty. Maybe Kelly Brown is a sort of coach coaching maybe role. Maybe Kelly Brown. Um, Bring back Al Kellogg. Yeah, exactly. Why not? Yeah, I think it's... It will be a good signing. He um, obviously did a very good job for Glasgow and Scarlets, and it was a shame that he couldn't really break into the Newcastle team. Um, Th- their wingers are pretty decent. I mean, I think the, the one benefit of that is that they've just said, just go now. So we get him for the second half of the yeah. season. Yeah. Nice squad player to come in on a um, on like a high-level run-in, and mm. he's, done it at the, he's done it in those sort of big playoff games before. Yeah. So. I mean, he's got winner's medals to the Pro 14, uh, well, Pro 12 before at Glasgow and Scarlets. So he's got the pedigree. And he, he won't be away for international matches as well. So, yeah, if he can, you know, recapture the form that he, he showed when he was at Glasgow and even at Scarlet's where he did pretty well, then good signing. Absolutely good signing. Um, a little bit of sad news, but possibly um, understandable. John Hardy, it has been announced, is leaving Edinburgh next year. I think that's a little bit of a shame. I think he's a, such a decent player. But what do you think of that? Yeah, I think it is. Um, I think that he, he's been one of Edinburgh's better players since he came over, I think in 2015 um and for a guy who you know was sort of parachuted in from new zealand he could have been seen as a bit of a mercenary but actually i think he's always put in 100 percent effort because he, he came in straight into the scotland squad didn't he and then he didn't have a club until after the world cup or the sru decided that they wanted him yeah exactly it was a sort of classic sru it was him and situation um, shug blake yeah yeah blake exactly came over yeah and, um, played played against He's living a nice life just playing on the sevens too, isn't he? Still, and then I think he still lives in New Zealand as well. It's a funny one. <laughs> um, yeah, it, I think it's a shame. But at the same time, Edinburgh has such depth in the back row that yeah. uh, someone had to go. He's probably commanding quite a high wage. So many decent youngsters coming through in that in that back row position. And with John Barclay coming back, probably exactly. commanding high yeah. levels of bags. Exactly. You've got to shave a little bit off the salary cap. Lots of chat on Twitter, lots of Glasgow fans asking for him to come along there. Do you think he's the sort of player that could do a, good, a job there? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Um, the, the chat seems that he's likely to leave Scotland. Yeah. So I think there's been a few premiership clubs like Worcester and Newcastle mentioned, and then maybe even France as well. So if I was him, I'd probably... Go and take the money. I'd take the South money. Of France, France. Montpellier, maybe. I don't know. Well, still, is, still do a job. Co- it is Cotter that yeah. brought him in, so yeah. fair play. Well, best of luck to you, hard horse. Um, right. So I think you were traveling back from India on Saturday. I was on a stag do watching the Italy game, so <laughs> this analysis is going to be pretty good. Um, <laughs> pretty patchy performance from Scotland. Really awful in the first half, but I suppose... Is that the sort of game that two or three years ago Scotland would have lost, but this time we just find a way to win? I think so. I mean, you think to back to, I think, 2015, when Scotland lost to Italy at home, when they were wearing that awful red strip. Oh, how bad? It's a pretty similar match um, in terms of Scotland probably could have won it, but then sort of imploded towards the end. And even in this match, it looked as if they might do that when Johnny Gray gave away that penalty towards the end that, yeah. that put Italy back in front. You're thinking, oh, come on, surely not again. Um, but but yeah, I think you know, it's positive that they found a way to win despite not playing well. Um, 
Hoggy I think that's about it. that's about it. Hoggy getting his only try of the tournament. He made the most meters of any player in the tournament by miles. By absolutely miles, he made like almost five hundred meters or something, didn't he? Racking up so many so many yards before contact. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. he did make quite a few breaks, but I think he had a good tournament overall. I think just just it, it's hard when the you know he's been the player of the tournament for two years running, and those are the standards that he set. So yeah, people are expecting a lot from him. Yeah. Um, no, I think as you say, pretty bad performance, but a good result, and you'll take it, won't you? You will take. I think of for three we'll wins, you'll take it. Three wins. I mean, it's we three wins last year, three wins this year. You know, and I think we had a terrible day against Wales, and we left so much out on the park against Ireland, which is mm. so di- not just left it out, but you know, Pete Horn just chucking the ball to Jacob Stockdale and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just us leaving stuff out there; it was um, us giving stuff away, which is a really real disappointment. I think, on the whole. Scotland have improved between Six Nations despite both years winning three games. Mm. Yeah, I think I think you're right, and I think that Scotland have a lot more respect now from the teams that they're they're playing against um, compared to I think last year was maybe seen as a bit of a flash in the pan beating Ireland yeah. and Wales, and and obviously beating Italy. Um, it's just the winning away from home is the thing that is just frustrating, and I think until Scotland start doing that. You know, th- there's still a, a a sense that they're not that yeah, great a side. Of, bit of a soft touch. Well, yeah, we'll, exactly. we will come on to have a look at sort of areas where we think Scotland needs to improve, looking ahead to the summer and um, and beyond. But why don't we have a look at um, look back at the Six Nations? We put this out on Twitter. We asked you for your players of the tournament. Who was your rising star? Who was your falling star? And can you describe it in three words? So let me grab a few of these up now because we had some great responses. Um, how about this? Three words to describe it from Simon Woods. On the edge. Um, what about this one? Elena Sopper. Heart attack territory. Pretty decent. <laughs> Prop winger on Twitter says, pack needs carriers. Fraser McVeigh, good not great. Um, and Ruri Britain, nearly their boys. We also had Alan's message this morning. Oh from, yeah, Alan's message in. From his holidays saying, <laughs> and going back to his Negatron roots. Yeah. Okay, I guess. <laughs> well, there's definitely an argument to be made. It's better than okay. Better than okay. But why don't you, Matt, why don't you give us your rundown? Who was your player of the tournament? For Scotland, obviously. Um, yeah, so... I think there's a few contenders. I thought that Stuart McAnally sort of came out from nowhere in a sense. Yeah. Um, he obviously had a good awesome international series, but that's about it in terms of his proper starting international experience. Well, if you think about I mean, <clears throat> I was going to have him in my sort of, in my rising star bracket, despite mm-hmm. him being on the scene for a wee while. Because I think if we look at the beginning of this season, he was, you know, he wasn't even getting games for Edinburgh. He was behind sort of Cochrane. Um, and Ross Ford, and he looked down and out. Fraser Brown was absolutely commanding that Scotland jersey with, um, God, what's that young lad? Um, what, for Scotland? Yeah. The, the <laughs> Stu Melboy. Oh, had Turner, it. Turner. Oh, George, God, yeah. George Turner. Um, coming through, looking really, really good as well. Mm, mm. And then, you know, Cockers is absolutely like stuck a rocket up his arse, and he is now playing out his skin. And I think if he can add that 5%, line out accuracy 
he's then you're now talking is he one of the most like dynamic hookers in the northern hemisphere yeah definitely no i agree i thought that he was excellent um i think that there's a few players i think that the likes of you know hugh jones johnny barkley um johnny gray come into the conversation that de- definitely but i think it's maybe some of the the more unsung heroes like simon bergen for for instance coming in and yep. you know playing out of his skin playing far better than anyone expected um and holding up the scrum which i think was was really really important in a lot of the games and he was really really strong in the loose um and then i think once again well we would have been surprised seeing at the start of the tournament but greg laidlaw such an important player again yeah again i was actually going to put him in my my rising stars but perhaps he is in that sort of player of the tournament bracket because if you look at i don't think we win that france game without grieg on the pitch i don't think no. we win italy without grieg no. on the pitch but um even i thought he played very well against england as well oh yeah he had a great game against england but it is it's what we talked about before that whether scotland do progress you know with with laidlaw or whether ali price is is the man to help you play that high tempo match but then you think about the england scott the england match and that that was played at the sort of high tempo that, yeah. that turns in once and it, it didn't seem as if laidlaw was was, was off that. the pace no. yeah I think he can play that high tempo game. Mm. He's just better at handling sort of back football. He's better at digging it out when the pack's not going forward yeah. and yeah. possibly a little bit more accurate with his box kicking mm. and just tactically moving the team around the park. He thinks like more like a 10. He's just got that vision. Yeah. Where I think Ali Price needs to benchmark his game, if it sounds a bit strange, he shouldn't be looking to emulate Laidlaw. He should be looking to um, people like Connor Murray, um, because I think that's more his style of play. Yeah, yeah. Because um, we, we know that he's like a great open field runner and that the t- he's got the tap and go game and he can pick up the tempo. And I think he does have a very good pass, technically. Yeah. It's just maybe the box kicking and the control side of things and the decision making, which, you know, he's still young. He's still young. And you think that is the thing that you, could, you should be able to add to your game just by playing and working with good coaches like Gregor Townsend and Dave Rennie who are going to be able to help him get to that sort of level. Yeah, exactly. But I had I actually had Ali Price in my falling star area. I mean, yeah, I don't think it's yeah. permanent, but I think if you look at him coming in at the start of the tournament, we were sitting here seven weeks ago being like, you've got to play Price. Laidlaw's mm. too slow. He can't keep up with this. And then, you know, 10 minutes into the Wales game, he's chucked that interception and um, it all kind of went downhill from there for him. But he looked decent. He added that speed when he comes off the bench, mm. but... I do think he is the sort of the the Scotland starter, but yeah, yeah, he just needs to find that that little bit extra level of control. It's tough as well because, you know, he's not really played that much at Glasgow this season because he's been away with Scotland. And George Horn's come in and is, you know, the the foreign player compared to him. So, yeah, it's quite an interesting one. Um, he needs to sort of find his way back to form at club level, but you've got a pretty good understudy. Yeah, absolutely. And in that halfback partnership. Let's have a look back at Finn's tournament. I mean, obviously, shocker against Wales, not great against France. Then one absolute shocker against France, shocker against France. Then one worldy against England, like unplayable. Yeah. Ireland, yeah, yeah. Italy, Fine. pretty anonymous. Yeah, is it good enough for an international ten to only sort of play one good game in five? No, I don't think it is. And he's a very different player to someone like. Johnny Sexton, who is the benchmark in the Northern Hemisphere, if, yeah. not, if not the world. But the thing about Sexton is he is consistent, maybe apart from his goal kicking. And 
you know, I, I just think that that separates, you know, the, yeah. the, the really world class players from the kind of the, the great players, which Finn undoubtedly is. And I think it's a little bit worrying. I mean, obviously, the England game aside, where he was unbelievable and unquestioning, like that was an unbelievable performance. But you look at the sort of maybe a little bit of mental fragility when teams get to him or things aren't quite going his way. You talk about that lack of a plan B within the Scotland squad, which I think we sort of find plan A and a half at some stage in this Six Nations, mm. but not like a full plan B. I, I slightly worry about, you know, those big games coming into the playoffs for Glasgow towards the end of the season. And then, you know, what is playing in the pro four, in the top 14 going to do for Finn sort of mentally when he's coming back for Scotland in the autumn um, yeah, yeah. later on this year? Yeah, I agree. The, the only thing I'd maybe say about the top 14 in its slight defense is that it can be quite an attritional sort of battleground and forward-orientated gameplay that, that maybe the coaching teams there will say, the, the, the racing coaching team will say, that, mate, you just need to kick the corners for us. You know, you can yeah. do the flash stuff if we're in the territory that we need. But apart from that, well, that's a good point. You know, just play territory. So, so maybe that that'll help. But then it's a bit of a catch twenty two because that's not really the kind of style that that Scotland want to play. I think it's interesting you talk about the plan B because the plan B, in a sense, was to get Finn off the pitch. Yeah, he played Laidlaw at ten. Yep. I kind of think that's if things aren't working well, and that's yeah, that's not really good enough. I don't think that's not you know it's not a, a sustainable future yeah, exactly. for Scotland, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's he's definitely got a lot to work on, um, and I'm sure that Townsend will, will be aware of that and will be yeah. sort of working with Dave Rennie to to try and uh, come up with a way that he can, you know, just just change things slightly and because it's funny in a sense because mentally he seems so confident. Yeah. And I don't think mistakes do get him down, but it's just his decision making which points to you know it's not something quite right there. But I think sometimes I mean again he is a he's a young lad. He's still um, the last couple of years his game has come on absolutely leaps and bounds. You just yeah. hope that, that upward yeah. trajectory comes and like we were saying with Ali Price, he just adds that little bit mm. of control to his game, which would make him a real world beater. Yeah. Who el- who else do you think had a good tournament? Um. Nobody. <laughs> No, there's a lot of people. I, I think that all the guys that I've mentioned. Um, what about what about I th- um, I think Johnny Gray? Yeah, no, I, I thought he had a very good tournament. Um, I thought that he he's limited in a sense. You know, he had a few good carries against France, perhaps, but apart from that, maybe against England, but apart from that, it's not really his his game. And I think that's what he suffered from when the last Lions tour was selected. Yeah, but I mean. Like most tackles ever in the Six Nations tournament, um, un- un- unbelievable uh, success rate. He's an absolute dog. Like his work rate's incredible. And that's that's what he is, and I think he is that yeah. that work rate guy. And I think we looked our best when he was alongside, in my opinion, um, Grant Gilchrist. Yeah, I thought Gilchrist was his best partner in the mm. row there. I thought Gilchrist was a little bit unlucky to sort of lose his place to Swinson in the lo- those last couple of games because I thought yeah. when he came in against France and England, that's when that sort of looked like a really dynamic sort of engine room. You've got Gray just doing really huge, huge levels of work. And then you've got Gilchrist actually offering a little bit of go forward. And if you will permit me, I'm actually about to slaughter a bit of a holy cow here. Go for it. Johnny Gray made 100 tackles. That is, that is unbelievable. Yeah. And I don't know the answer to this. How many of those were dominant tackles? Yeah. I think the absolute number of tackles is, is a misleading statistic. 
Yeah, I think it's like most of these stats. It's like the Opta stats yeah. during the tournament. You kind of look at it and go, oh, really? They had Tommy Allen at 10. Oh, did they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. They did have five Scots in it, though, so you've yeah, got, you know, you've got to celebrate, sweet. obviously. No, I, I think you're right, and I think a lot of those tackles will be made you know, around the rut. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah, pick and goes. But at the same time, you know, he's still there making those hits. Absolutely. So and to go one step further, is Scotland's defence actually any good? I don't think it is. I think that the stats back that up. Um, I mean, they conceded the second most amount of points in the tournament behind Italy, 128 points, average of 26 points a match. That is shocking. You can't win. At, you can get away with wins against Italy like that and against a really bad France team yeah. that are off the boil. But that's but that's the it's not as if that's like a mean that's been distorted by any absolute thrashing. No. That is you know that's across across the board in pretty much can, every match. Which is a little bit concerning. It felt that at times we were giving away points quite readily when people were coming into our half or into mm. our twenty two. People were leaving with three um I mean, I think there was periods where we had an amazing dogged defence and we repelled an awful lot. But yeah, I think I think particularly against England and maybe the the start of that Ireland match as yeah. well when we're under the cosh. But yeah, I mean the the stats don't lie in that sense that points conceded twenty six a match. Again. And I don't know. I suppose there's maybe an argument that Scotland will try and score more points than that, and that's the way that they play. But it's pretty difficult. I and mean, they didn't in a few matches. Exactly. You look at teams like teams like Ireland. You can't give them twenty six points. Most times, most times we play against England, you can't give them. Mm. You can't give them twenty six points. Yeah. You know, like if we want to be into that sort of top five teams in the world conversation, you can't give New Zealand, can't yeah. give Australia, yeah. can't give. They're not there at the moment. South Africa, that many points. I mean, I, both Ireland and away. Wales only conceded fifteen points a match. Yeah. So you know, well, there you, you think of that as like two tries or five penalties. It's not very much. Not very many chances. Um, so I think that's definitely a big a big work on for the Scotland squad yeah. as we move on. I think that yeah. defence we need to be uh, we need to be harder to score against. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I remember when I was breaking down the stats for the Ireland game, which we haven't really talked about because you guys were all away, but it was where we were giving away penalties. Mm. We actually gave away the same, probably just two more than Ireland in the whole game. But I think eight out of ten or whatever it was were in our in an attacking position for Ireland, basically. Right, okay. So we were giving away kick, either kickable at goal or kickable to the corners, mm, yeah. whereas they only gave away six. It was a ridiculous statistic. Six. That would, but when they, where they did give away penalties was in their own half or somewhere mm. safe where you know, they were 
80 meters away from the try line. Yeah, so yeah. again, I think there's a, a li- that little bit of smart um, sort of intelligence to the Scotland mm. game that we can add yeah. to take us to that next yeah, level. Definitely. But I, I fear that we're actually being a little bit negative off the back of that. I think we have to view this as an upward trend. I think 12 months ago or when we started the podcast, if you could have said that, you know, we would have beaten Australia twice, run New Zealand close, beaten England, France at home, beating Wales and Ireland away last year. Like this is definitely an upward tick in the Scotland group. And one of the best things you talk about, like the best thing to come out of the six nations, it's that addition of strength and depth because we had to throw people in. Yeah. And And it had so many injuries as well. It had so many Um, injuries and like, you know, you, you mentioned Simon Berg and I thought he had an amazing tournament, mm. not just at holding up the scrum, but in carrying. Um, we've got him. We've now got like players like Marfo and then Fagerson back, Nell back. Yeah. That front row now looking a lot more assured. You know, we've got we've now got the greys, but also I'm very confident and, you know, actually now a massive backer of Gilchrist. He looks like a completely different player under Cockerell and Toulis as well. Like that, every area around the pitch, apart from 10, now looks sort of bedded in with a little bit yeah. of option. Yeah, I think so. Which um, is really interesting to see. Yeah. Um, and an honourable mention, Rising Star, um, oh God, it's too early in the morning. Kinghorn, sorry. <laughs> Kinghorn. Like my brain's just Yeah, yeah, off. no, I was, I was going to say that as well. I think that, um, although he only had that one match, to sort of go into the pressure cooker of the Aviva Look, and play really, really well and, and really finish well. that try. I he was really unlucky to lose his position um, to Seymour because I thought Seymour was... Well, we'll move on to it, I'm sure, but... Yeah, and it seems as if Townsend's come out in the past few days saying that he'll rest his lines for the summer tour. So if Hogg does get a rest, then I think that's Kinghorn's chance to to show what he can do at fullback, which I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, which would be great. I mean, so let's take those lines out of that squad. So your full-time lines, Hogg, Seymour, and Laidlaw. Yep. Hogg goes out. I mean, Kinghorn probably would have toured anyway. Is yeah, there yeah, anyone definitely. else that could have, that can come in and sort of fill that... Uh, I think Rui Jackson will probably gap. tour. Jacko will tour, yeah. Um, well, he's going to the he's well, he's going to Commonwealth Games. I don't know if that'll affect the summer tour will it? Oh, That's yeah. in the next couple of months. Um, I don't I'm know if anyone else. else in that fullback sort of slot. Greek tongue. Nobody real <laughs> Greek tongue. <laughs> Jack please, Cuthbert. Please not. Please no. There's no uh, just nobody really. Yeah. Else really coming through there. Mm. Um, not that I can think of. You could play Maitland there as well. Yeah, I, you've got, I mean, we've got cover. Yeah, I, I don't we've think We've absolutely that's, got cover, yeah. but... Um, um, Seymour, I think there's plenty of wingers coming in. Maybe give McGuigan another shot. Lee yeah. Jones still pushing. Definitely. Um, yeah, if you wanted to give someone like Damien Hoyland a shot. I Maybe give Darcy Graham a run. Give Darcy Graham a run, exactly. Like take take some youngs. I'd love to see um, loads of youngsters going on this tour. Yeah. Because if you look at the calibre of it, you've got teams like Australia, uh, sorry, America and um, Canada. Canada. Tier, tier two nations that Scotland should be able yep. to beat at a canter with a yep. second a second choice side. Yeah. And then a big test against Argentina where you could maybe blood some some young lads, give mm. them that real feeling of uh, yep. that sort of test match um, pressure yep. cooker, which I think would be really, yep. really interesting. And then, then Laidlaw, you've got Price and George Horn, I'm sure, will be giving a giving a shot. He's been in the squad. Yeah, you'd that would be exciting. I think. Yeah, that would be really, really good. Maybe give Adam Hastings a, a run in the yeah, summer. Yeah, it could be interesting actually. Yeah, he's been need. training. Well, he, he trained in the, trained with uh, the squad last week. I think yeah. just to give him that. I get the impression that over this sort of Six Nations period, 
Townsend's used it as an opportunity to bring people in that he sees that are going to be Scotland players in the next couple yeah. of years to give them that environment, yeah, yeah, to exactly. give them that idea of what the next benchmark is yeah. for accuracy and fitness levels and training. Yeah, intensity. Which I think is really interesting to see, yeah. to see yeah. him doing that. Um, because well, I think we need Hastings to speed up his development. Yeah, yeah. If he is, if he is going to be Scotland's next ten or the backup ten for Scotland, he needs to speed up his development quite yeah, quickly. Definitely. Um, should we talk about falling star. Yeah. Who do you have for that? I had Ali Price as yep. discussed. I mean, I think he will be a Scotland player for a wee while to come. Yeah, yeah. I think he's just got to add a little bit. But I think if, if you look at his start of his game, start of the tournament to the end of the tournament. Mm-hmm. He's fallen. I had Seymour as well. Yeah, I, I had Seymour. I think he had a pretty I think he had a poor pretty, to average a, Six Nations. I just he didn't really do much. Yeah. Really, I thought he was good against England to be fair. Yeah. As were most people. Um My my other one, I know we talked about it a lot, but I, it's not a fall, falling star, it's just a player who I think <laughs> is not justified know, as position is, is Ryan Wilson. Yeah. He had a bad game against Italy as well. Yeah, I just sort of think if if you look at that back row, you talk about John Barkley, world class on the floor, like he got the most turnovers in the whole tournament, mm. like absolutely dogged work rate, and you noticed him noticed him in most games, Wales excluded. Hamish Watson was brilliant throughout yeah, pop, again, Wales excluded, always working and you carrying you, as well. You can always remember something he's done yeah. during a yeah. game. And the, of course there's those players that do the dirty work, the sort of the unsung heroes and things like that. But I just don't ever think Wilson really sort of stamps his name on a game and really makes an impact. Like if I was an opposition player, you'd think, oh, Ryan Wilson, number eight. Like not that big, doesn't carry that hard. Yeah. Like what's what's he offering? We've said it before that I just don't think he's a number eight. Could be a good six or seven off the bench. And and then it, it just leads into questions about the balance in that back row that if you look at Ireland, for instance, they have you know, CJ Stander yeah. or even someone like Sean O'Brien they can put in as their carrying option. England have really struggled without Billy Vinopola. Wales have Falatau. And I just think maybe we don't have that player at the moment. Maybe that's it's just a selection thing. Tanzan just, you know, doing the best of what he has. But I think in terms of balance, we need that. Otherwise, Scotland will continue to get overpowered in these big matches, like against Wales or, or Ireland, where if you want a plan B... You want a guy that can just truck it up, whether that's at eight or maybe twelve. But um, I just, I just don't quite see where he fits in. I know we'll get pelters to this, but <laughs> hey, you yeah. know we've we've stuck to our guns on it, and I completely agree with you. You want to talk about falling star, Chris Harris? Yeah. <laughs> Will he ever get in a Scotland squad again? He's had two chances. Yeah, not been great. I mean, he only had one. He's only had one start. Yeah. Against Wales. Just and that was, to be fair, a, a complete merit oh for everyone. God, look back at that game against Wales. Like Hugh Jones at 12. Yeah. Chris Harris at 13. McGuigan. McGuigan. How different. I know. And it just so seems... Like, I mean, I know we were really confident about it, but it just seems like... It's a shame because it didn't come off. It just seems like a real sort of misstep and a, yeah. a real sort of like what might have been yeah. if we got our stuff together there at Wales. Um, I know, I know. I'm trying to think. Nobody else, I think, is sort of really... You've got guys like John Welsh and who came in and did a job when yeah, he was asked, asked to was do a real it for Scotland. Stopgap. Like, I don't see that as a falling start. I say, you know, fair play, Welshy. That was class. Back at back at Newcastle doing yeah. well. Like, yeah. Thanks a lot. And now you've got Nell, Fagerson and Bergen. Nell, so. Fagerson are back. So, so we managed to get through that. And 
stood up well in the scrum. If you look back at that Wales game when we thought yeah, we were going to yeah. be going in reverse. Just so bad and loose. <laughs> Gordy Reid, you think? I think he's played, played every game. I think he did really well. I think he did all uh, right. I think he did all right. He's not the long term option, and I'm sure he's aware of that. But yeah, I mean, he might he might stick his place in the. We need one of those squad. loose heads to sort of come through and really um, usurp him. So Batty's probably your number one option. With yeah. um, I mean, Alan Dell. He seems to have Alan been injured Dell, for yeah. such a long time. He was now. back. He was playing for Hoyke at the weekend. So hopefully he's uh, coming back he? to some to some fitness. Come um, on, you boys in green. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The green machine. Yeah, um, and then. Yeah, Mario McCallum as well. So there's players there. There's it's just whether they're at the right stage of their the development. King. Oh, and Daryl Marfa. Daryl yeah. Marfa, the king. I almost forget about him. We've got loads of props. Yeah. Edinburgh Jane have loads of props. We it's do really weird. That is quite weird. Um, so oh, we've kind of, I think we've probably already covered it. Yeah. On where we think Scotland need to improve. Accuracy. If we're going to play this high-tempo game, oh, yeah. we can't have inaccuracies mm. like we had against Ireland. Yeah, and, and Wales. And Wales. I mean, Even it's quite France. amazing. In that pre-Ireland pod, Alan said, do you not think Hugh Jones is actually quite a bad passer? And then he's had that absolute shocker. Oh, God. <laughs> called it, called it well. He's called that. He's absolutely kiss of death on Hugh Jones yeah. before the Ireland game. Yeah, I think accuracy, um, I think within that comes decision-making, like when to yeah, shut the definitely. offload. And I think it's other things we talked about. Developing a plan B when things aren't working, like against Wales, just saying, right, you know, we've got to do something different. We've got to just truck it up for a while, grind, grind a team down rather than try and score off first and second phase. Yeah. And yeah. Well, it's a difficult one, though. I mean, let's not get too much into it. It is difficult if we're picking personnel for plan A to yes. then have a plan B, which is yeah. just, you know, chuck it up your jumper. Yeah, Because we couldn't play Ireland's game plan with our current forward pack. Yeah. Which is sort of 70% yeah. carries off Conor Murray straight up, mm. let's go. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have those. We've got to come up with something different. Mm. But I agree with you. We need something else a little and bit different. Townsend's only been coaching for, what, less than a year now? Yeah. Like, it'll come, Decent, sure. decent year. Yeah, very good year. Um, but yeah, I'm sure that'll, that'll come in time. Um, and we will be here to analyze and criticize all the way. <laughs> exactly. Which is exciting. Um, right, should we draw a line under the Six Nations then? Do you want to just give it a rating out of ten? Six and a half. Six and a half? Seven, well, maybe. That's quite harsh. I was going to give it seven and a half. Okay. Stick to the positives, but a lot to improve on as well. I think a lot to improve on, but I feel, I feel very good. And, you know, I think we're fifth in the world rankings. I think that's yeah, probably just about right, probably a little shade high, but we can, we've definitely got the results. And I feel that now we've got a platform in which we can build on. Yeah, I think so. With players and the coaching setup, and mm. we will see. And two pro teams flying unbelievably high in the Pro 14. Who thought we'd be saying that? So let's have a look ahead to the weekend. We're back to domestic rugby. Edinburgh are away at Connet and Glasgow are hosting Zebra. What do you think of that? I mean, Edinburgh now five wins on the spin in the Pro 14, comfortably third in their pool um, and on their way to the playoffs. I know, I mean... Who would have thought we'd been saying that at the start of the season? Uh, we'll have to look back at our preview of the season. <laughs> I think w- I think we maybe thought they might get maybe. just sneak into that playoff I'm, spot, I'm, but I don't think we thought they would do it with this many wins. Mm. And it, the, it's the nature of the wins as well in terms of the teams they played. They've now beaten um, at home Munster, Leinster. Um, they beat Ulster away yep. as well. Obviously beat Glasgow at home. Um, yeah, they've got wins against sort of the bigger sides as well it's not just picking up 
victories over the likes of Zebra. Which is which is really, really encouraging. They've got 55 points, which, you know, is would have them in second place in Conference A. They've got, really? more, they've got more points than Munster do in second place of Conference A. Mm. Um, and, you know, the teams they're behind are Leinster and the... Like, Leinster, unbelievable juggernaut of European rugby and Scarlet's last year's champions. I mean, yeah. that is... A, a fantastic result and all, all testament to the lads at Edinburgh and Richard Cocker who seems to have just got that place absolutely bouncing yeah and I just think it's the maybe they still in a lot of these games haven't been playing that well it sounds as if I didn't see the monster match but it sounded as if it was a pretty dire affair yeah but the fact that they're coming through and winning those matches and it sounds like they actually should have been it was a dire more. affair but did you see the try that they scored Doogie 5 set Doogie 5 yeah. oh my wabbers it's class <laughs> and then DTH um, the other DTH uh, yeah Doohan Van de- Doohan Van der Merwe he was uh, he's that could be quite massive. good next year have Van der Merwe against Van der Merwe in the 1872 that would be quite good well, what do you think against Connett I mean I think there should be absolutely no um, no fear for Edinburgh going over there Connett no have been Connett have been poor. Yeah. Connett's stat line for this year is played 17-1-6, lost 11, yeah. versus Edinburgh played 17-1-12, lost 5. You know, Edinburgh's points difference plus 81, Connett's minus 20. Yeah. I know it's away in Galway, which is an incredibly difficult place to play, but why the hell not? Roll no, on, I, I completely agree. I, I don't think it'll be... Um, there'll be no fear going there. Um, it, it's just whether, once again, it's another step in terms of the mental game, yeah. whether it, you know, the pressure really is on now, I think, compared to maybe before Edinburgh's been a real underdog Definitely. and they've thrived on that. So it's where they can live up to the to the expectation there. But what, what I've really enjoyed is when hearing Cockrell speaking after matches is he talks about the mentality and just like, listen, to win games, you've got to put yourself in the game with 10 minutes to go. And I think with a lot of these results that they're grinding out, they're either within a score or just ahead with 10 minutes to go and they're managing to eke it out. Yeah. And I think that mentality and just developing that winning sort of, um, that winning feeling mm. amongst the club is something that he has brought and just like that real just difference he's made to that forward pack. I think they're going to win it. Yeah, I, 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 could, I could definitely see them win it, winning it. Um, and that would put them... Well, if they get clo- close to... Scarlet. Scarlet's are on 61... Edinburgh on 55. Edinburgh on 55. So well, it'll, it'll at least take them further away from Ulster, whose season seems to be imploding. Yeah, Ulster have got game in hand. They're on 46. Yeah. So yeah. we have opened up a little bit of a gap. Speaking of little gaps, Glasgow, riding high top of Conference A, are welcoming bottom of Conference A, Zebra. Glasgow on 65 points, Zebra on 22 so there's quite a big gap from top and bottom there. Yeah, yeah. I can't that should see anything, be anything yeah. short of a five-pointer is a really bad day at the office. Yeah, exactly. Being you know, see what Scotland, kind of team... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, Do you think any of the Scotland boys will go straight back in? Probably not. If it was a bigger match against a you know, better yeah. side, then possibly. But you still got a few fringe guys, like maybe Lee Jones, who didn't... I think he kind of came on a bit. Oh, did he come on against Italy? I don't think he did. Um, so... Oh, no, he wasn't even on the bench. on the bench for Ireland. So he hasn't really played. So you can see him coming back into the team. Yeah, definitely. Likes of Matt Fagerson that have been training. Um, so, yeah, five-point win. Surely nothing else there. Nothing else will do, at least. Nothing else will do. Well, we will uh, be back next week to chew through those. Hopefully two big Ws for the, for the Scotland teams. And we are riding on towards the playoffs. How good is that? I mean, not just the playoffs. Edinburgh looking at a Champions Cup spot now. I never thought of that. 
they're in the mix. And still got the Challenge Cup to come as well. Still got so, the Challenge Cup. I mean, even if you stop the season now and they got sort of knocked out of all the tournaments or whatever, you'd say that's that's a really good first season for if Richard Edinburgh Cockrell. can get Champions Cup rugby next year, Cockers has already said, you know, he still wants to sign a few players. Yeah. If you can dangle a carrot of top-tier European rugby, that's yeah. only going to help their recruitment. Yeah, definitely. And hopefully that can take That'd them be interesting. to the next level. Okay, guys, thanks a lot for joining us. Um, we got out of bed at half five in the morning to do this, so sorry if it's been a little bit um, dozy My, this my brain's not been firing, but... Yeah, I've forgotten the names of so many players. <laughs> so sorry about that. Um, but thanks again for joining us. Um, please get on iTunes, give us a review, and we will read it out on the pod next week. And get at, at us on Twitter, at Thistle Rugby Pod, and on Instagram, Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod. We will be back next week. Have a good one, guys. Full compliment next week. When's Alan back? I think he's back by next week. Uh, oh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll we'll get by even exactly. if he isn't. Anyway, cheers, right. guys. Cheers. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.